Well, I have the, uh, the privilege of introducing to you um, Reverend Terrence Rollerson, our speaker for chapel today. Uh, Terrence started here at Northwestern back in October and serves as our Director of Intercultural Engagement and Belonging. And um, before UNW, he served as, as a pastor in various contexts for, for 20 years. Uh, Terrence is deeply committed to, to seeing people grow in their faith. And so I'm glad that he's here with us to share with us this morning. Reverend Terrence, would you come on over and let's welcome uh, Terrence to the stage this morning. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Reverend Terrence's uh, presence with us today. I, I thank you for that, that you've given him a message for us to hear. May our hearts be receptive. May our ears be listening. And, uh, and God, may this message um, really move us. God, thank you for your, your, your work uh, through Terrence today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. How you doing, Northwestern? Oh, I think we can do better than that. Here's something I want you to know. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who stretched the neck of a giraffe, put the girth in an elephant, slapped the stripes on a giraffe, hung the stars just right, put the sun in just the right position, created you. And because of that, you are blessed. And that God who blesses you so loved you that he sent his only son, Christ Jesus, to die on a cross for you. That makes you highly favored. So, when you are asked, no matter what you're going through, and I know you guys are preparing for tests and all of that, when you are asked how you're doing, if you are a follower of Christ, you can say, blessed and highly favored. So let's practice that one time. Northwestern, how are you doing? Blessed highly Amen. You know, I um, stopped by this morning. Uh, I, I want to share with you an important date. Uh, the date is May 19th. Say that date with me, May 19th. May 19th. This happens to be the date that, that is the birthday of many people, people like Kevin Garnett, who formerly ran with the Timberwolves. Malcolm X has that birthday. Uh, Israel Houston, worship leader, has that birthday. There are lots of people who have that birthday. I happen to have that birthday. I, it, is, it is an important day to me because it's my day. Right now, I understand that lots of people have that birthday, and in fact, I have two close friends who share that birthday. We have a long history together. I have an older sister who has that birthday. But on May 19th, it is my day. In my family, they know it is my day. On my day, I can do what I want to do. I can go where I want to go. I can eat what I want to eat. I can be with people if I want to be with people. I can not be with people if I don't want to be with people. I can lay my behind on the couch all day if I want to because it's my day. 
So, being that is my day, there, were, there was a day, May 19, a few years back when I was pastoring a church, where there was a family in the church who was moving into a new home. And guess what day they chose to move? May 19th. So I decided I would take my day and use that day to help them move into their new home. I happened to be uh, uh, with my daughter, my, my wife and my son were off somewhere, and so it was just she and I at home, so I drug her to go help move this family into their home. Literally, it was all day. We started at 8 a.m. and we finished up at about 5, 5.30. And it only ended because on that day, I had chosen that we were gonna go out to dinner with some extended family. So we had to go meet them. When we got into the car, my daughter looked at me and asked this question. Said, Daddy, why did we help this family move on your day? Because she understood it was my day. And I said to her that it is important for us, for me, for us as a family to serve other people, even if, or maybe even especially, if it costs you something. See, in my family, our, our family motto was, the Rollersons serve. That is what we are about, serving other peoples, and indeed that is a theme that I want to share with you today. Serve one another. Galatians 5.13 says this, if you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Watch my time. They got a preacher up here. I can close about three or four times. Uh, so let me make sure I'm on track. Um, the first thing I want you to understand about serving one another is that when you serve, you find purpose in life. You find purpose in life. For us, as I said, our family, it was so important to, 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 to put this DNA into our family around serving. It is no surprise to me that our children have grown into young adults with a heart to serve other people. My daughter uh, started her own small business as a wedding coordinator. And just last night we were talking to her and we asked, what do you love so much about that? And she listed up all the ways in which she can impact new couples in this important moment of their life together. And she sees how all the components of, of planning and preparing and, and moving things into place for this couple's day as an act of service. My son, who graduated, graduated recently, um, while he would say very quickly, it ain't no way, no how he's going to be a pastor, he wants to be in a position of service. So he graduated with a degree in psychology and plans to go to grad school, all for the purpose that he can be a counselor so he could sit 
with people in the most vulnerable moments of their life and serve them and help to try to move them forward. So when you serve, you can find purpose in your life. Now, the second thing I want you to understand, you, you know this, so really I'm just reminding you. When you serve, you become more like Jesus. You become more like Jesus. You know, perhaps when we think of a servant, the first image that, that should come to our mind is Jesus. Jesus is the greatest picture of servitude. And when you serve, you become like him. So you know, after telling his disciples, uh, uh, after telling them that the way to become great was to, it was by serving, he said that he did not come to serve, uh, uh, he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hmm. See, later he said uh, he, that he, he, he would demonstrate this very act in a vivid way. In John 13, you know this story. At dinner one night, he got up, took his outer clothes off, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began to wa uh, wash the feet of his disciples. Hmm. A humble act. But here's the thing, I want you just to be able to understand the, the depth of this particular act. That in that day, in the first century, right, there were no paved roads. They, walk, they walked everywhere uh, and, and, and oftentimes in, in rainy seasons, people's feet would get muddy, their ankles would get muddy, their mud would get caked on their calves. And, and actually the custom was if you were hosting there would be a servant placed at the door when you entered into the house. That servant would wash feet. And if there wasn't a servant available, the first person to arrive would wash feet. Now please understand this. Walking all day, getting sweaty, and they didn't sit at, at chairs at a high table, they sat at a low table on, and leaned back on pillows. So people's feet were by other people's heads. Now, I don't know about you, but I think people's feet must have been crusty, ugly, and stinky, and they're up by your head. So when feet got washed, how important was it that the feet were clean so that they could be at the table? But there is something else that I would just want you to understand that when you serve in this. What is, the, what is the posture of someone who washes feet? Well, first of all, you got to get low, right? You may have to get on your knees. You have to bend at your waist. You have to step in and deal with the mess. You have to give yourself over to the act of washing feet as a servant. It wasn't a pretty picture. It wasn't glamorous. But that is what Jesus was modeling for those who would be his disciples.
to get low, to serve. Uh, uh, you might put the phrase on this, the way up is the way down. Right? Scripture talks about the first shall be last and the last shall be first. To serve one another is critically important to who we are as Christ followers. And if we don't have a heart of service for one another, out of the spirit of love, I say to you, we must probably start to question our position as Christ followers. Because it is literally a characteristic of who we are called to be as disciples of Christ, modeled by our Christ. That text says, do you do you understand what I have done for you, Jesus says, asking them? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, that, that, that I your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash, wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is, the, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will, uh, you will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed if you serve. How amazing is that? Jesus is actually saying you will get something out of the act of service. Now, we need, must take that out of our present day connotation because when we talk about, when you hear about being blessed, it, it, it's usually tied to being set up in some way. More money, more things, better life, those types of things. That's not at all what Christ is talking about. We oftentimes say to people, may God bless you. Literally, that word actually means that you, that God uses you to be the one to bless. We may be praying and asking that God would bless somebody, but God has chosen to use you to bring the blessing. Oh, we don't like that, right? Because it means that I have to participate. I have to think other than myself. I have to move some things aside so that I might serve someone else. And in our present culture of me, 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 individualism, it, it flies in the face of that. But isn't that who we are called to be as Christ followers? We aren't called to be of the culture. We are called to do opposite of the culture. We aren't called, we are called to be the head, to, to lead. We are not called to be the tail. If that model of Jesus as servant is too lofty to see yourself, let me share a, a story about somebody. I want to share a story about Booker T. Washington. 
Booker T. Washington was uh, perhaps one of the greatest black leaders and pioneers of the civil rights and education for black folks in our country. He was born into slavery and grew up in a world of racial hatred and oppression. And after the slaves were free, Washington, through much hard work and determination, paid his own way through school to receive an education. At the age of 25, he helped found a school for black folks in Tuskegee, Alabama. He became a nationally recognized black leader. One day he was walking through an exclusive section of Tuskegee when a wealthy white woman approached him, stopped him, not knowing who he was or his fame, that he was Dr. Washington, president of the Tuskegee Institute. She asked if he would like to make a few dollars and chop some wood. Professor Washington smiled and he rolled up his sleeves and proceeded to do this humble chore of chopping wood as this woman requested. When he was finished, he carried the logs into her house and stacked them by the fireplace. At that point, a young girl recognized who he was and later told the woman about his identity. And the next morning, the woman, in full embarrassment, went to his office and apologized. He was very grateful, gracious, I'm sorry. And he said, it is perfectly fine. I don't mind doing some humbling work. He had prestige. He could have thought high of himself. In that moment, he could have said, woman, what you talking about? Don't you know who I is? But he rolled up his sleeves and he served her. Why is that so important? Why is that so important to us? Well, before I tell you why it's so important, I want to, oh, my time is up. Oh, I'm doing good. Okay. I, 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 wanna, I, I don't want to miss one verse in that text, which is critically important. And that's verse 15. It stands as a warning to you and I. Verse 15 says, if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Paul uses this, this imagery of wild animals in a deadly fight to warn the Galatian church of, of attacking one another. Ultimately, that will destroy their community. See, love, we know this love does not seek its own. Love is not selfish. Uh, that is what legalism is. Love doesn't keep account for the wrong. Legalism does. And that's what the Galatian church was doing. And Paul was, was admonishing them and, uh, and, and, and calling them and, and pleading with them to keep before them their love for one another and their, and their goal to serve, to be about serving one another. 
So why serving is so important? Well, let me just say this to you. When your opinion, when your point of view is more important than your brother and your sister in Christ, you aren't living as a Christ follower that you are called to be. When your stuff, when your busy schedule is so busy that you can't make time to serve one another, you aren't living out your call as a Christ follower. So understand this, there is not one place in Scripture that talks about living as an individual. The whole thing is set up on the predication of living in community with one another. I serve you, you serve me. I care for you, you care for me. I shoulder your burden, you shoulder my burdens. No place in scripture does it say, let me check my calendar. No place in, in scripture does it say, I'm, too, I'm far too busy for that. But every place in scripture talks about who you ought to be as a Christ follower. Critically important to understand that. Well, look at that. I'm about to finish up a little early. Let me leave, let me leave you with this question. This gives me the opportunity maybe to close two times. <laughs> let me leave, leave you with this question. What does a servant look like? And I call, I say the answer is look in the mirror. A servant looks like you. A servant looks like me. We together look like servants. And in so doing, we live out who we are as Christ's church. And more importantly, we live opposite than the culture. See, the culture is about devouring one another. And to my great chagrin, the church is not looking much different. Northwestern, I say to you, particularly here on this campus, we ought to be looking different than the world beyond this campus. And when you do, in fact, one day enter that world beyond this, you should be changing the environment by your willingness to get low and to serve. Many of you will be in leadership positions, possibly high leadership positions. And I say to you, you're, you will be, you're, the greatness of your leadership will come by your willingness to serve those that you are asked to lead. See, we don't check who we are as Christ's followers at the door. 
we carry it in the door with us and set up shop. Now, I'm not talking about that you're on top of your desk preaching the gospel, although I would not be opposed to that. But I am suggesting the characteristic of who you are as a Christ follower ought to wash over your position and where you are located. Whether that is a CEO of a company or whether it is you are a social worker or a nurse or an engineer or a what, a what, a what, a what. Serve one another and model that for the culture. Can you imagine the transformation that can happen if we, the Christ followers, led the way in serving other people? Hmm. I don't know that there would be a question of the relevancy of the church if we had that kind of impact. I just stopped by to tell you a little something, something. My hope and prayer is that as you leave today and you step into the busyness of preparing to take tests, and, and I, I'm, not that, I'm not that old that I don't remember what that pressure is like. Don't forget who you are as a Christ follower in the midst of what's going on around you. Be the eye in a storm. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? That storm swirls, chaos all around. Be the calm in the midst of the storm. Help others enter your calm and serve one another. Let me close this in prayer and I'll sing you on your way. Father God, hmm, hmm, Lord God. Hmm. I am so deeply grateful for your heart to extend continual grace towards us and lavish us with mercy each day. I thank you, Lord God, that you meet us exactly where we are in our, in our imperfections, in our messiness. But I am grateful. I am grateful that you journey with us, moving us from mess to masterpiece. May you be praised. May you be glorified. And may you be honored. I pray this in the mighty name of our Lord, our Savior, our Christ, and my hero, Jesus. Let all who agree say amen. Amen. amen.